Hey Kyle, Brett here on Vancouver Island on the west coast of Canada. Uh, first off, I want to thank you for all the podcasts you've given me over the years and you using your platform for spreading awareness on environmental issues and doing overall good in this world. Um, I'm part of Rugged Coast Research Society. We're a local nonprofit based here in Nanaimo. We map the accumulation and distribution of macroplastics and help prioritize beach cleanups up and down BC's coast. Um, why I bring that up is on February 1st, we'll be having a fundraiser with local live music, drinks, giveaways, and auctions. Uh, if you're in the area and you're interested in tickets, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Rugged Coast Research Society or our website at ruggedcoastresearch.com. Uh, thanks, Kyle. Thank you, Brett. I will link to Rugged Coast Research uh, in the show notes below. So if anyone is in the area or wants to get involved with their organization, please do so. And any of you, if you want to send me some voice memos, just record them on your phone. Try to keep it under about a minute, um, minute or two, whatever. Um, and email it to info at kyle.surf. What is up, my friends? Coming at you from Morocco. I'm a little high. Uh, I ate a cookie of hashish about an hour ago, and I'm starting to feel it. So I figured, hey, it'd be the perfect time to get on the mic and start talking. People here smoke hashish, and they smoke cigarettes, and they almost always will mix the hashish with cigarettes, which I am not a fan of. I don't like the smell of cigarettes. I don't like the taste of them. I don't like all the chemicals. I don't dig it. But I'll eat hash. I like it. I like eating the stuff. Um, to me, it doesn't, it, ta- it doesn't feel super intense. It feels kind of like a mellow high. Um, but it's cool. It's great. Um, I am on my third week here in Morocco. I've been tripping around. Uh, I went up to a groovy little city that I um, recorded another podcast in called Eswera. It is a historic medina inside castle walls. There are a maze of corridors that lead through alleyways where merchants sell rugs and cashmere scarves and there are no cars allowed on the streets, um, so people just walk through them and eat delicious food. And there's an ordinance in the city to have all of the exterior of the buildings still look the way that they did in their original form. So it really makes you feel like you're back in time. And while I was there, I met a an, uh, a historian from Esuera. So the next podcast that I'll be releasing is with a Moroccan historian, and I was really happy with that one. Um, and now I'm back down in Agadir, uh, and I am staying at Othman's house, um, my guest. He has been very generous to me. And um, for those of you who don't know, Hot Man, as we call him, um, is a Moroccan professional surfer, and he comes over to Mavericks consistently, which is quite a hike from Morocco to do on a last-minute basis. But he always brings good brings uh, good vibes and catches bombs, and he's a uh, he's a very Pollyannish person. That's a new word I I learned. 
Pollyannish is a excessively optimistic or cheerful person. And that is one way that I would describe hot man. And he really, uh, he, he has been showing me just incredible hospitality as many Moroccans have so far. Letting me stay at his house, taking me to all the good waves, and we've been having a few laughs together. So thank you, hot man. I think that you'll uh, all enjoy this episode. We talk a lot about big wave surfing, but also um, he's someone who has a pretty just cool philosophy on life and the way that he lives it. I hope that you all enjoy this quite a bit. And before we get going, I wanted to send a thank you to Jen, if you're listening. Thank you, Jen, for donating on Patreon over the last couple days. Uh I really do appreciate it. This podcast is primarily supported by one and five and ten and twenty dollar donations from people like you. I've been doing this show for over four years now, and uh, I love doing it. And it does require a lot of time and energy, and I don't make a lot of money doing it. To be perfectly honest, despite having quite a few of you listen, so. Um, if any of you can donate on Patreon, it really does help. If you can, if you get consistent value out of this show and you can sh- spare five bucks a month, uh, please do. Um, you can just scroll down in the episode uh, show notes right here. Click the Patreon link. Super easy to sign up. If you can't, if money's tight, totally no worries. Just keep listening. Enjoy the show. Maybe share it with a friend um, and keep the feedback coming. I love hearing from all of you. And as always, I do want to send a big thank you to our one and only sponsor. These guys are basically just like a huge patron. (laughs) Brendan, the founder of Santa Cruz Medicinals, told me to start this podcast four years ago. Since then, Santa Cruz Medicinals, which is one of the best CBD companies in the world, has just grown and continued to support me in each and every episode. So another way to support the podcast is to go over to scmedicinals.com, pick up some potent CBD products, and type in the code name KYLE10 to get 10% off all of them. Um, I use their products each and every single day. Um, They help me get over sore muscles really quickly. Um, I use their CBD rub, rub it on my skin, rub it on my back, um, as well as their tincture. I will use that before bed. So head over to scmedicinals.com to get yours right meow, right meow. With that, guys, um, I am now doing a weekly newsletter. I've talked about it before, but once a week, I get a short, I just write a short little story. Um, That's it. Something funny, something entertaining, something that'll make you smile, and I send it to your inbox. So you can head over to my website, kyle.surf, to sign up for that. And final piece of housekeeping before we get this thing going. All of the uh, products from the Motherfucker Awards are now live on MotherfuckerAwards.com. So if you want a Clean Canteen Mofa branded coffee cup, uh, if you want a Patagonia Mofa branded hat or t-shirt, if you want a a bag made out of Chico bags, um, head over to MotherfuckerAwards.com and get yours today. I'm losing my voice, so I'm going to get this going. Please welcome to the show my friend. Hot man. 
Kyle Cameron here. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. Not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. But in this region, yeah, you know, there's a lot of like um, agriculture. It's uh, well, like uh, 99% of the economy from this like region comes out from agriculture. So they they need a lot of water to to export all the pro to grow the product and export them. So it's just like yeah, it's a constant battle between the yeah. farmers and the people. Who deserves to get that water? Yeah, but there's no like war yet, so this seriously is the same issue that we're facing in California. Yeah, it's the same climate. Do you have dams, like rivers with dams yeah. around here? Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Do you know if they're electric? Like oh no. But there's one in on the road between um here and Marrakesh on the highway. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Such but. a such a cool part of the world, man. <laughs> Makes me feel a little bit like I'm home. Yeah, yeah, that's why in Cali I like it, especially like L.A. climate. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. It's Southern California climate. Are you used to Half Moon Bay climate? Yeah, I lived in France for a few years, so I surfed in the winter and the cold, but then even like Half Moon Bay like climate, it's like cool in the day, you know? Yeah. The water is cold, but that's it. When like in countries like France, it's super, super like cold. It's like freezing outside too so for how many months a year well, i live there from 15 years old to like 20 21 22 almost which part of france 20, like i lived in the southwest in biarritz for four years because i went to a boarding school to continue my surfing stuff so i had like school in the morning and surfing the afternoon in like uh i was in a boarding school yeah and it was uh, pretty cool for like four years. And then I went to Bordeaux. I did a year off and then I went to Bordeaux to study like business and marketing for two years and a half. And then I moved back to Morocco. Where so, did you yeah. say? Uh, Portugal? No, no, no. You, you, where did you Bordeaux. Still, in Porto? Bordeaux, Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Bordeaux is like south of France. It's like an hour from, uh, two hours from Osegor, Biarritz. Okay. Up north. Yeah. And there's good waves in Biarritz? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Biarritz is like 15 minutes from Osegor. Wow. Yeah, so so did like, you grow up surfing Hasegor from 15 to 20? Yeah. Sick wave. Yeah, so sick. Is that where you got some of your first uh, heavier water experiences? Um, I surfed some, some big wave here in Morocco before, but it was like, not big, but like, yeah, when I was a kid, like pretty solid anchor point. But it was always a point break. But then my first beach break experience were, were there for sure. I was spending a lot of time breaking a lot of boards. I had a few like almost drowned experience with no leash surfing out there for like hours. And uh, yeah, the, when I went to Puerto Escondido, like I felt like kind of had like some, some skills to surf in Puerto because of that time, all the time I spent in France. Like, it's, yeah, it's a similar wave. Yeah, it's like just a beach break close to the shore and like you have to Big be behind. Big kegging barrel. Yeah. Hot man loves those kegging barrels. Do you remember a session that you had when you were younger when you realized that you were really scared um that i was scared surfing yeah do you remember like one of your first uh sessions like whether it be at puerto or hosiger where you 
actually felt that adrenaline and fear? Um, n- not really. I never felt it until I surfed a big slab in North Spain, towing in. And I was like, whoa. Because I saw the wave. It was like just a big left. I was like, oh, it's all fine. It's all good. And then I saw a guy on it. And I was like, holy, like, fuck. It's, this is the guy so small. Like, whoa. So I remember. But then I met, like, at the end of the day, I got three waves, three wave out. And then three solid wave out. And I was just fine. And I was just, I got over my fear. But yeah, before that, I don't really remember getting it. I mean, like, scary. Like, Do you remember, even though you had a few bad wipeouts in your first experience surfing big waves thinking oh, i want to do more of this yeah for sure i was like uh that tow board we had was really bad and the stance was so bad like super bad so it was really because of that i waved out that bad i should have not even like one on the wave i was just like trying so it was a slab and we had to come from behind and i let the rope go a little er- early but then i couldn't really like ride or like because my stance was like super like yeah, you on just, the board, so you I was just, just like going on yeah. a fucking slalom sl- sled, and, sled, and you can't and steer it. Dropped, yeah, and the leaf just landed on me, and I lost my gloves and stuff, and my hoodie. And you lost your gloves. Yeah, everything. Everything. Just everything. Got I've had pounded. my I've had my booties get blown off at Mavs. Yeah, it can happen. Huh? Booty later gone. Like the lip just hit the f- my foot, and it and they it wasn't like the booties were loose; they were strapped on. Yeah. And I just blew it off. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. So like one booty session? One booty session, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was towards the end, but it was uh, one of my first bigger wave sessions out there. Um, it was, uh, I think it was the one of the last times Shane Dorian surfed Mavericks. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, that's one of the sessions uh, I looked up through a lot. And uh, yeah, like first Mavs, that was your first? 2010? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That, is that when it was? Yeah, because like then he created the wetsuit in like 2012, so then that's what made him create that and think about it when he was under. Yeah, so, well, there was that real well-known day when he, he was pulling in on, <laughs> pulling the, right, in on the yeah on the right and, yeah, yeah, and surfed Mavericks nighting. like it was pipeline. Nine, like I still door. haven't seen anyone do that on the right. No, Guys uh, are getting barreled on the left now yeah. pretty consistently, but I still haven't seen someone grab the wall and just like yeah. dig. In. Like yeah. he he dug in with both of his hands yeah. on a 25 face, but then foot faced wave. The, this thing is that like when it can happen, at, then he had his wave out. And then I, well, since, since I think that was just a couple days later too. Oh yeah? I'm pretty so, sure. Yeah, he was that like confident was, like just before that. It was like I think he was super confident. Yeah, it was yeah, and he was getting bombs, bombs all day. Knifing like it. No flotation. No one was wearing flotation That's back there. then. So and th- that wave that he fell on was, was nasty f- and huge. That was a huge day. Yeah, yeah it was huge. a second reefer. And he, like, bounced, yeah. And then he fell on the worst. Even if it's a six foot, you don't want to fell at that spot. If it's a solid wave... It, it hit a bump on the way down. Yeah, on the way down, and then boom. And then you can see him going over the fall, I think, too. Uh, I don't remember that part, but I remember uh, that session being, I just seeing video of it. I was, I wasn't out, um, being really windy and huge, yeah, like just, huge set, like breaking outside the main bowl, like really big capping Mavericks that then just unloads on the reef. <laughs> yeah. Scary days. And, uh, th- when did you decide that you wanted to start coming over and surfing Mavericks more consistently? Mm. 
um, pretty early. Like when I was young, I remember a couple waves that I wanted to surf and like uh, some photos I've seen and I was like, oh, Mavericks, Mavericks. I, I want to go surf there because like, I don't know, just the, the wave, it's a big right and then just like a big version of a, a wave that could be in Morocco. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, like this is like the time when they were towing in and flee and like Pete. And so I remember watching this footage and I was like, oh, like that's not the way, that's the way that scares everyone. But like, I want to give it a try, you know, the only thing that people died there. So it was always the thing, the thing in my head. But then um, when I start like really enjoying big wave, like surfing, paddling, like when I started to paddle a lot, I was just like, yeah, Mavs is, I really want to go there. And I really just want to see if I can catch waves because I feel like I can really do good there and like catch waves and and he had this big thing around it. So yeah, I, I was it was just always thinking about it. And then when I get into surfing big waves more, I wasn't too in interested into big waves as a kid. I just like decided to go and uh, that whole last generation of of big wave surfers, like the Fleas and the Pete Mel's, with no flotation, were surfing that wave for so long. And and surfing it, I would say close to as well as guys are surfing it now. Well, definitely the line they were taking, yeah. and the takeoff they were doing, making, and the drops for sure they were like we're, killing so, it. We're really high, high yeah. level. Like yeah. if you were to get any of those Fleet older, is nuts Pete, yeah, there. Flea, like the videos and Pete, Pete all that still, stuff. Like Pete when they still we, there. when they were like like nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, some of those old like um, they had like what were those monster Mavericks movies that uh, I grew up with, dude, on VHS, Monster Mavericks. And we'd throw this thing in and watch, like, old footage of Pete and Skin Dog and yeah, Skin Dog Zach too. Wormhout and all those guys. Yeah. But, yeah, if you were to take any of those waves and put them in a session today, they would also be standouts. For sure. Definitely. That's, like, the thing that surfed it, watched everyone there, and then you watch video and they were like just really killing it. The only thing now you can just, it's not like a, it's just the, the, the crowd too. That's the difference. Yeah, the crowd makes it like, wow, you have nothing now. You can't even see, you know, sometimes the lineup, it looks like this Chinese pool, you know, like when a big set hit. But yeah. uh, so it was yeah, like no, no. pretty cool to see just them, like putting themselves into the spot, like, there without the crowd and because it's hard then when there's no one eh? you, you, you if you're the first to paddle out it's like super music. hard to put yourself I'm on like, the ball where am I? no yeah, yeah yeah i'm always like i paddle now i'm like oh no i should wait a bit <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah so you slowly start creeping your way over yeah you're like oh yeah it uh it, i i always take my time because uh i don't want to have one of those wipeouts that makes me not want to surf out there anymore Oh, that's that's the one that you see it happen to people. They'll they'll have one really bad wipeout, and then they d won't want to oh, surf out there anymore. But yeah, for sure, like hundred percent. I never and, had and, that and, one. And, and fucking more ha more power to them. It's not like like anyone is immune from that. No, no, that's the thing too. It's always like you know when um, the the guy who was like doing wingsuit and stuff with his dog, like Dean Potter. Yeah. Yeah, Dean Potter. Yeah, he was saying that uh, the worst when you when uh, someone passed away, doing what you do too, 
is that you realize really that it could really be you. Like, I mean, and that's where the scariest part is not you dying. It's when someone that is doing the next the thing that you do, it really could be you. And that's why. And that's what. When that's you see that's why Mavericks is so scary because yeah. the two guys that died out there were fucking we, hardcore. Exactly, like Sion and Mark Fu, like. Yeah. May they rest in peace. They were like legends. Yeah, and I don't think that anyone. The point is, I don't think anyone would survive those wipeouts if they didn't. If they no, yeah, they, it's like on the wave too. Yeah. You can fell on the same wave like Pat with those guys at alligators, or like he fell like on the same wave as that Kirk. Like you know, like yeah, he just fell on the same wave. Kyrat, like, and Greg Long and Cortez, just where you fell, and and you can see sometimes you fell in the spot in big wave, and nothing happened. The, nothing, to be honest, like yeah. nothing. Like just came just, out, like, kept, just popped right pop, up, right yeah. up. Yeah. You're like, what? And then you can fell sometimes, and you just feel the whole ocean on you and compressing, and you're like, whoa, I'm getting raped by the ocean right now. <laughs> yeah. Just like, whoa, no, that was the that was a bad one. That was you know underwater. Whoa, this is the one that. You know, you're like, oh. Uh, it's dark down here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. No, you can just, me, I can just feel the power. Yeah. Sometimes I just fell, boom, and I'm like, huh? And then sometimes I'm just like, oh, no, one of those. All right. Beast mode. Don't panic, bro. You train for that. Just cruise. I talk to myself. You know, I like to talk to myself. What does the conversation sound like? Oh, it's like, don't panic, don't panic. But then I start to talk when I'm really, like, for, like, over a few, like, seconds. And don't panic, bro. You train for that. You're going to come up soon. There'll be a sea. They probably are seeing your board, dumpstoning, so they'll be there. Just no problem. And then you pro you come up like, fuck. <laughs> the, the thing that always scare me, and that's why I like to pop, like when I'm piling big wave and I fell, and I know that there's something behind, because sometimes you don't, take, you, not, you don't take the first one, but you take the second or the third, and you know. And that's what scares me underwater, but that's thinking for me is just the, the, more, the worst, you know, yeah probably like like panicking is from the mind and then so when I'm like fuck there's another one under that's the only toe that I have to to fight I'm like no yeah well it's, it's not actually even th that thinking is the enemy it's thinking the wrong thoughts yeah thinking the wrong thoughts because what you were just talking about that conversation inside your head is a conversation yeah. that you have yeah and what I like about that is that it shows that we're all having conversations inside our own head at all times during the day. Oh yeah, me. I mean, that's the, the whole time. point of meditation is to just have a little reprieve from that constant conversation. But most of the time, we're not aware of that conversation inside our head. It's telling us, "Oh, well, I'm stupid. I'm not good enough. Like, I'm not funny enough. This person doesn't like me." But you don't even realize you're having that fucking conversation inside your head. But you're just like imprinting these little systems into your mind. But with you, like that's really smart of you to take uh, take control of that conversation and realize that it's happening, and then make it sound the way you want to sound. Yeah, for sure. Like you know, you, out there, you always have to take the bad thought. So you just want to be there, and the goal is to charge a big wave, and you're gonna be fine, and then you're ready for that. So all this, this mental preparation to be out there and be calm. You have to know your board, double check your material, know that you like your fins, your leash is good, you have four canisters, your vest is working, you've been training, you've been surfing with booties and wetsuit, you've been paddling on a big board, 
And then all this is like preparation. And then when the wave comes, you just have to weep and count on your skill. And it becomes feeling. But then if you do like meet, it's success. And that's the pure, like, easiest thing. Work, preparation, opportunity goes to success. And in big wave surfing, that's what it's all about. It's like for real, like one wave. Cause yeah, that's a good way to deconstruct it. I feel way more confident when... I'm prepared. Yeah, because uh, it's it's like it's it it removes that mental real estate in your in the back of your head. Like, oh, did I check this? Is that okay? Like, it's it, crossing things off a list is so satisfying. For sure. The thing is that you cannot convince yourself you're healthy and trained when you're not. Right. You try that somewhere deep down inside. You, try you know that. you didn't do it. You're like, yeah, I feel good. I surf. I had a few hold down in my. Six foot, like, point break. I felt good. I just surfed every day. Oh, but, like, I haven't trained in a little bit. But, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Then you get there, and you're like, fuck, no. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Like, no. No. So no. then you do that once. It's a mistake. You learn. You don't. You just stay ready. You don't get ready because you never know when the good luck well or the big one yeah. is going to come. But it's hard to stay always, like. Yeah. And, and yeah, to keep the conversation inside your mind, ready where you're like okay cool i'm gonna get a call and gonna have to go surf you know a wave the size of a six-story building next week i'm I'm ready for that i'm psyched and i'm gonna actually prepare um you know what you said about like having a good conversation inside your mind and being friendly one thing that that i've found weird about that is that i'll have that conversation i'll stay relaxed i'll have some kind of beating and then someone will be like dude that was a heavy one but I won't actually think that it was because the conversation inside my mind is still like, ah, oh, that was that was mellow. I'm good. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I don't actually believe it. Like when when I fell that day at Mavs after my way out, I came on the boat and everybody was like, Leo, like shocked. That's hard guarded. You yeah. okay? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm. Like for me, it was alright because this is like, I felt good. So no one knows. Sometimes it looks horrible the way out of the people, and you're like, whoa, they come out alright. Well, you know that it was one of those. They got a little luck, and then they just went wearing in the worst spot. It looked worse. And sometimes you can see, I don't know, Billy Kemper in Puerto, when the leap landed on him, I was like, whoa, I was scared. I was checking on him, like, whoa, is he okay? And uh, I didn't know it was him. I just saw someone, like, getting the leap, and then he was fine. He got lucky. But then you have Tyler Laron, who went through his board. Yeah. You know? So you never was know. that at Jaws? Yeah, that was at Jaws, and his, then Billy his was in knee Puerto. Yeah, his went, knee like, went like, through his whole board. Yeah, so his knee. I, I think that his he bended, and then he's just he he bended, and then his knee just went through the board. Mm. And uh, did he get uh, injured on that? Yeah, a little bit. He was just bruises, nothing broken. Yeah, I was I was staying with him, so we went we went to um, the hospital get checked, and like he was alright, only bruises. So that, yeah, lucky. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, I uh, you know you know what's funny about that is when little kids fall, uh, there's a per- there's a parenting style, and it's uh, apparently it's backed up by psychology that if you don't make it a big deal, they won't think it's a big deal. Yeah, for and sure. And they'll get over it more quickly. Yeah. When, so when so some, if a little kid slams, yeah, like oh. you look at them, you're like ha 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 ha. And then they're fine. Fist bump, bro. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, oh my God, are you okay? Eh. 
Yeah. Right after. Exactly. You're not crying at the beginning. We're like little kids, though. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You get back on the boat, yeah, and yeah. people are like, "Are you okay?" And and you need to maintain the mindset that, like, no, I, I actually am. That so was high cool. on adrenaline. So yeah. high on adrenaline. But sometimes those those thoughts of other people being like, "Dude, that was so gnarly," can get into your mind, and then you'll make it into you'll you'll recreate the memory of what actually happened to make it seem scarier than it felt at the time. Yeah. No, I don't. I just like. Trust my feeling and what I felt and when I see all the time. I don't get that people like if they told me that was heavy, I'm like, fuck yeah. I'll 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 check it out, I'll laugh because I'm alive and I'm hundred percent and I didn't like I just broke a board. All good. That's like exactly how I like how I feel and how I think. Like you know, like it's sometimes you have a wipe out smaller, nobody sees it, but you get pounded. And nobody will say, dude, that was gnarly. But you're like, whoa, I just ate. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's all about how you feel at the end of the day. It's like, because even when you get on the big wave before that is how you feel. If you feel ready, it's just you. It's not like you have the best board, you look good, or like you look fit or like, no. It's just like how you are and how you feel. And Can you think of the worst the wipe? Can deciding. you think of the worst wipe out of your life? Not, I can't really think of the worst because like they all, like past but in Puerto that was pretty heavy and then like uh that's exactly like it whoa yeah you just spoke about like how people can make something heavy <laughs> so what happened in Puerto in 2015 is that we landed in Mexico City and uh, all the guys were there with big boards big board bag and they were like fuck we need a plane we need someone to go to from here to Watuco with a bigger plane because those ones who go to Puerto, like no one will get their board. And I was like, all right, like I'll let my ticket, my ticket, and then I'll go with someone and then I'll, I'll get your board there because I was the groom, I'll, I'll do it. We got there, all the board bags arrived, but mine. So I was like skunked. The next morning, that was the maxing like day at Puerto. It was huge. What did yeah. it look like? It was just like hoteliness flooded to like the end, the restaurant. Wow, so the f- the water was coming up over the street. Street and stuff. It was like nuts. Wow. Crazy. I had no board, so I just uh, remember my friend Dimitri left the board at uh, Oscar's house. Was that the day that, that Mark Healy yeah. got that big left? Yeah. Holy shit, you were there for that swell. Yeah. Wow. And then um, I was always like, well, I went to MAPS. I went to um, Puerto before. But I never had one of those big sessions and big wipe out. I was always thinking, like, like, am I, can I survive one of those? Am I one of those guys who can survive that and get back on track? So I was always in my mind. And that day, paddled out with Francisco Porcela. And this bomb came. And I was like, oh, if I go now, they all, they're going to say, you know, Otman is just crazy. Like, you know, like, and you wanted to build that image of, no, I'm calculated. I'm like, really? Because that's what those guys, like, are, are well known for. And that's what professional are and I wanted to be professional and so I didn't go on the first one and it was a bomb I regret it and the next one I whipped the board I asked Twiggy I'm like you going he's like no only go I only go right bro so I whip my board under with the A6 epoxy I pump I get under like made to the bottom and I turn around I'm like oh the bottom turned just a little short and the leaf just landed on me I body surfed the biggest hugest barrel and uh <laughs> Yeah, ever. And I went like with the leaf. Whoa, it was so long. Whoa. And then boo, to the bottom. I'm stuck in the bottom. Pull my Patagonia vest for the first time of my life. I'm laughing underwater. I remember. Ha ha ha. Came up, 
straight to the beach, claiming, fuck yeah, because I knew it was one. That was the biggest way of my life at the point. Like, seriously, turn around, turn, and just see the biggest clothes out on my face. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what am I going to do? What am I going to do? All right, I forgot. First time I'm using the Patagonia vest. My board bag never made it, so I only had an impact on it, which is bad if you listen to this. Never wear without a wetsuit on top. The ne- and- never, never wear the Patagonia vest best. without it- a wetsuit on top. On top, never. That's a tip because I almost drowned because of that. The leap landed on me and I just heard like, boom. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm on the bottom, sitting, pulling my vest. It's not working anymore. The bladder was filled with water. So I'm drowning. I'm like, fuck. I don't know the capacity of that thing, but I'm like a few kilos. So I push underwater. I swim with one arm, the other arm, because I had to keep like one arm about, like on the vest so it doesn't like get too much water and drown me. Get my head just like to take one breath, my head out. Boom, third one, fifth one, sixth one. And I'm going straight to the rocks on the right side. And Coco Nogale saw me. He came with the ski, tried to grab me, tried to grab me. Had like eight waves on the head or eight like white water or seven. And it's all like white, it's all blur- blurry. And I'm like, all right, like, fuck, I'm watching Coco. And I'm like, like, two wave, I'm just gonna, you know, like maybe pass out. Cause I couldn't feel my hand, my leg. I was like, whoa. And I just trained before in the pool. So I knew I had like a few extra seconds, like minute maybe, but not underwater. And I made it under one and he grabbed me. I grabbed the sled. He took me out and Jeski broke down. So it was like crazy. Cause I would have drowned, like be dead. Like if probably, cause if the ski broke down at that time, just broke right there, but in the middle of the harbor on the right side. And then I went to the sand and everyone, everybody came. And they were like, are you okay, are you okay? Healy was like, what the fuck? Like, fuck, that was heavy, everybody was tripping, called the ambulance. They put me on the back of Coco's truck and they're like, you gotta get checked and stuff. I'm like, hey, no worries. I went to my room, had a shower, had breakfast, and just cruised all day. And I was just like, fuck, I just, yeah, he was already on some website and stuff, the way part. And my mom called me and I was like, oh no, like it was all right, it was all right. And it was a big deal, but for me it was all right, I was alive. The next day I was surfing without a vest and then that was just uh, the he- the heaviest way part and people were trying to tell me like, oh, are you okay, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine, I'm fine. And I felt good after the shower, I was just like, yeah, no worries. Like, I'm all right, I'm fully all right, I'm recovering, boom. The next day I was surfing, and once again, it's how I felt. So that's the main thing. But it was like a big battle to go to the next day and get a big wave. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. What <laughs> I, was that wave like? Uh, I'll show you later. What was it, was, it, what like, was it like paddling out? That's that the one when well, I told you he missed it, and I went. Mm. That's the next day. Was that... Uh, With the well, board that I brought from Greg and Rusty, at 8.5. 8.5. So good. Quad. So good. And those guys let you borrow it? Yeah, because I didn't have a board. My board back still. Not there. Shout out to Greg and Rusty. Yeah, big time. With the one with the black rail. When I, the one I got all the good ones on. Sick. Yeah. What was it like paddling out the next morning? What was it Whoa. like inside your mind? Inside my mind, that was a test for me. I was like, oh, maybe tomorrow I'm going to be scared. And I paddle out. And then it took me two, three hours. And I got the big one up made it but almost made it fell got pounded and i was fine that was a test for me i was just see how i'm gonna react to that underwater because right it's like when i told myself oh i'm trained like i'm 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 good yeah no worries like 
I'm, I'm going, I can, I can surf big wave. I'm healthy, but in the back of your mind, if you're not, you know you're not. So then I was like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. But then when you got the beating and you're underwater, that's when you have to realize so you let, let yourself into test because you don't know how you're gonna react. So I was like, I'm gonna have a wipe out, hopefully, and hopefully I'm not gonna freak out. And I didn't. So I was like, okay, I'm good. What kind of uh, mental or physical training do you do in Morocco to keep yourself ready? Um, I just try to do CrossFit a lot. Like I'm going to turn it like down to like four times a week, but like before I was like five times a week. And it's just too much, like surf and CrossFit every day. And then when you stop, your body just get too tired for doing anything. So I need to just find the balance still. Yeah, five-day-a-week CrossFit is, is hardcore. It feels good because yeah. you feel yourself get stronger in so a matter of weeks. I'm going to turn it. If, if, if you do CrossFit like 10 days in a row or something, you will feel like a different person. Yeah, for sure. But the thing is that now I'm going to do it still, but when there's no wave. If I know like there's like no wave for a month, I'm just going to do CrossFit hips, like just train every day as as much as um, as long as I can before there's a, a mission. Because then if there's no wave and I, tr- I train every day and I get somewhere, I can like just surf, like feel good. Especially if it's like paro in Puerto and stuff. I know my boys there, I have a, boys, a few boys there for years, so I can just show up and like try to get a, a nice wave, but um, because like I've I train, but you be you gotta be surf fit too. And do you surf a lot? Not really. Like I'm not like a. It's super crowded where I live, yeah. so I, I don't like to. I try to surf still like three four times a week, you know. How, realistically, how like let's say like in the last month, yeah. How many days a week do you think that you're surfing? All, yeah, you gotta be honest. You yeah. gotta be honest. I surfed a lot like you the did. last month. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I surfed like that big outer reef left maybe like four times. So in the, like last month and a half, so it's like eight days of surfing plus well, a, few, a few big wave days. Yeah, few big wave days, and then I went to Nazareth too, surfed, and then I went. I just surfed here like anchor last week, like every day. You have powerful waves here. Yeah, like powerful waves, a few, but if you, yeah. I that mean, spot we surfed this morning was pretty fucking thick. Yeah, that's one of the po- most powerful, to Wave. be honest, yeah. Uh, but you surfed Anchor. So yeah, this is kind of a... a it's not that powerful. Yeah, like a little trestles. bit like Pleasure Point. Yeah, um, Trestles power. Yeah, yeah, not much. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, this whole last month, actually, before I came on this trip... Uh, I was in LA and I surfed, I think, three times in a month. And two of those sessions were like longboard sessions. And uh, I, what are you doing? My mom is like, oh, can you please respond? Answer my call. I'm like, no, I can't. So I took I sent her a selfie with the micro. And if I oh, that's funny. I was like, are you, doing, are you taking selfies on my podcast right now? Oh, it's mom, for your she, mom. She's like, can you answer? And I'm like, no. It. So she, she'll be like, why no? Like, why not? <laughs> yeah, I can like type. So Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Fuck these phones. I hate fuck these phones. To be honest, fuck these phones. Um, yeah. Anyway, I was just telling you about how little I surf sometimes. Oh, <laughs> Oh, but bro, you like I surf for a little too sometimes for like one month, like no surf, and I'm forcing myself, and I'm like, no, I'd rather just go to the gym and sweat it out, cause at the end of the day, I never regret when I paddle out, but uh, I'm just bummed if I surf and went to the water and I'm not getting stoked, and what gets me stoked is 
just something barrels or like small barrels you can do it sometimes just i like I, i would love to have like just powerful session all the time if you can have like yeah you know yeah it's a whole different thing to be able to feel that energy and feel a little intimidated and a little scared and yeah. a little on your toes it may, it keeps your mind sharp for sure for me the problem is sometimes i don't feel like i get enough exercise when i'm surfing If I have an hour and a half to do something and then I got to get back to upload a podcast or write an article or, you know, any of the other work-related things yes. I have to do, I sometimes think, well, if I just go out and try and shortboard a sloppy point break, I'm just going to be sitting for most of the time. And I'd rather get that high that I can get from working out. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes I go surf and I'm not tired at night. Yeah, and I can't sleep because I really need to be tired to sleep. So I w- I'm just like, wow, just surf an hour, just go train. And if you can do both, like a little an hour surf and then train, like you you get tired. But if you just can do something, I'll, ju- I'll just cho- choose CrossFit. Well, I, I, you know, one thing that surprised me about CrossFit because I was down in LA um, as I was getting ready for that that comedy thing that I do, the Motherfucker Awards. I was doing CrossFit almost daily. And I didn't realize how cardio-based it is. That sounds kind of stupid because I know that it, it, it is now. Yeah. But a lot of what I was doing was just gassing myself to the point where I couldn't breathe. I'd, yeah, I'd be like on the assault bike, bike, just trying to get 20 calories, 21 calories. You're just like, <laughs> like oh, your house feel like you have heart palpitations and you can't get enough air in. That's a similar feeling to drowning. Yeah, so that's pretty good because you put yourself into some bad condition. You know, like it's like hot yoga. You feel good after, but sometimes at the beginning, you're like, whoa, fuck, what the fuck I'm doing? And you got that at CrossFit. You're like, fuck, why did I come today? Could just be in the water enjoying myself and surfing. You know, like sometimes you're like... Yeah, this is hard. Yeah, this is like, I feel stiff and yeah. cold and I don't really trust this workout. Yeah. and then, Or understand the acronyms. <laughs> they have weird names for CrossFit. Do they have weird names for CrossFit here too? Like the the, the workouts that you'll you'll do. Yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. all right, let's get let's Murph. Get, yeah, let's this get is, the Saxon one, two, three. This is for Murph. Yeah, Murph. <laughs> this workout is called Jennifer. Yeah, she's a bitch. You know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> they have super weird names. <laughs> it's there's yeah. like a story behind all of their yeah, workouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard it after. You're like, yeah, that's what it's Sandy because Sandy loved this workout. <laughs> yeah, she was doing this every morning. Like, all right, like, all right, Cindy, we're gonna do it for you. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I dig it, man. It's uh it's a real high that you get after those those workouts. Yeah, for sure. Definitely proud of yourself for achieving something. Yeah. And then also, like, you know that you've worked and then you know that you've done your best. And then when you don't do your best, you know and you're going to push yourself because sometimes you finish the workout like, oh, I should have put my pushed myself more because you know you're, like, scared and then you take your time. But then at the end of the day, you still did, like, a 100 kettlebell, like, swing and you still did, you know. So for me, I just, it's not as a performance because, like, I'm nowhere, like, close to put myself mentally into being a crossfit champion no, no way no way those so, guys are yeah. hardcore and last year i did like every day for three months and like i felt really good i was just like you know and still all the weight all the stuff like no well, you, you know have what? to do extra 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 work on the side 
just being at CrossFit every day will make you a yeah, solid athlete. For yeah, sure. yeah. The whole I can't do but, it, I can do it, I can't do yeah. it, I can do it, and you're working as hard as you can, or you're not, and you're, yeah. you're taking it easy during a workout. Um, it's it's mental strength that you build as well exactly. as physical strength. Mental strength, a lot of mental. Yeah, yeah. I would always have a really good day and be able to handle conflict in my life more easily when I would do a big workout first thing in the morning. For sure. When I'm at home, that's what I do. But yep. most mornings, it's a workout or a, an ocean swim in the trunks. <laughs> those, those you, you, you'd like it. If you come to Santa Cruz, yep. I will take you for my morning ocean swim yep. that I do usually with my housemate, Ian. And uh, the swim lasts between like 10 and 15 minutes. And you just swim out into the lineup and down the point a little bit and then back in. And I wear a, I, I wear a, a cap, a swim cap, no yeah. goggles, but swim cap really helps with the, head the, the headache that makes you feel like you're going to vomit. Oh, yeah, but you know how you go, oh, brain freeze? Brain freeze, yeah. With your tongue, you sting your tongue up. You stick your tongue up. Like that? Like in, on the roof of your mouth? Yeah. And it helps with brain helps. freezes. Yeah. Really? A bit when you have brain freezes drinking cold margaritas, but I don't know, like swimming in cold I don't water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. Now you work, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 epic. Um, do you ever try nose breathing working out? Yep. You like it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's the base of hot yoga. Yeah, there's After a... After the first, like, 30 seconds, you just, like, go... There's a book that was recommended to me. I haven't read it yet, but it sounds um, really cool, called The Oxygen Advantage. Yep. And uh, have you heard of this book? I never... And it, it's all about nose breathing and your ability to use oxygen more efficiently in your body and how different breathing techniques... I, this is my kind of rudimentary understanding of what the book is because I haven't read it, but how... Uh, different breathing patterns can allow your body to use oxygen more efficiently. Yep, sounds sounds like a good book for sure. <laughs> Surprised you haven't gotten into diving. No, never. You should so check I, it out. Spearfishing's sick. I know, but the thing I love the ocean. I love to surf. I love to swim. You know, I love to swim and just being in the ocean. But I never really done anything else. But being in the ocean is well, like so. Whatever I'm on, like yeah. just like be, being out there, it's. What I enjoy the most, so I've never been into all, all, all kind of other things that ocean has to offer. But yeah, it's definitely maybe something I can like. When I get bored of surfing, yeah, I get bored of surfing, but not big wave surfing. So, but maybe like, I don't think I'll ever get bored of big wave surfing. No, no, you'll just get too scared. Yeah, at a certain point. You reckon? You think? Yeah, or you'll. Yeah, I mean, what or what'll happen is what'll happen most likely. Uh, this is what I see most people what happens to most people is their body starts to fail in certain ways that then makes it very difficult for their mind to believe, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. Like that conversation that you're yeah. saying yep, sure. where you, where you're like, yeah, I'm good underwater right now because I train and because I'm fit and I know my body can handle this. Yeah. I think that it just, that gap becomes too great. Like, you know, my body actually can't handle this. For sure. And it hurts. Um, and I think that that's how most people hang it up. 
and then it's just about doing it gracefully and finding the next thing that you love. Yeah, for sure. Find something, find something new that you suck at and try and get good at it. Yeah, it's like crazy to see guys like Carlos Broly, for example, still. Doing he's still he's, doing it. Yeah. He's 50 well, you 50s. can still do. I mean, I'm, this is. Like, but, but he got way out like that. You don't want that. You're in your 18 when you're like just crazy and going for anything. You don't want to have those any house like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Remember that one? Like if you saw the video in 2010 at Mavs when the thing bowled and he just fell in the worst spot you can ever fell, I think. Like, really? Yeah, the thing just like doubled up and he fell. In, I think he won the comp 2010 or something. I like, think so too. Yeah. No, 2010, uh, Chris Burdish won the comp. Oh, yeah. So which, and that was the biggest, yeah, but that thing, biggest he, he Mavericks was in the final, contest ever. So, yeah. What, he was in the final. Watch that. People, watch this. That's 2010 no, Mavericks you're gonna watch contest. This after. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna like be like, no, this is not possible. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was so no flotation. The guy freaking grad, massive. Yeah, massive. massive. And he has the chipping in one. Like, wow, that that's a must. Like, watch, it's just nuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's also when it's not. It's breaking outside the bowl. Yep. So you're the the water just starts moving so quickly. And it's so tough to get into one of those waves and then actually start riding down the face. And then you're riding down, going like 35 miles an hour into the bowl and hoping that you don't get mowed down. Yeah. Guys were getting, getting really worked that contest. I remember... Um, it was giant. Yeah. I, I talked to um, one of the water safety guys um, that Russell Smith, you know who Russell Smith is? The old pro surfer from Santa Cruz. Great guy. And he was running um, water safety. And he said that Zach Wormhout yep. got a wave and then fell. And then he picked him up on the sled and he started coughing up blood wow. all over the sled. <sighs> and and Russ looked back and was like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> and then he, and he took him back out and he kept surfing the heat, coughing blood. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I heard this. It's pretty common though. Yeah, common yeah, yeah, though, yeah. actually, you know, I, I, the coughing blood thing is like that sounds fucking gnarly. No, for me, so how but, do you feel? Like once again, I cough blood after my wake up with Coco. Yeah, I you, puke. Yeah, I cough blood. Well, you're you're uh, popping yeah, capillaries exactly. in your uh, that's what in happened your lungs. to Greg when he passed out. Like, yeah, that's how I learned it. I learned yeah. it from Greg's like so. Yeah, it just accident. looks so sketchy. Yeah, for <laughs> like sure. you're you're coughing blood, blood, but it's it's actually pretty common. It, like yeah. for, that happens to free divers all the time. Yeah, you know, it's just like what you do. So of course you don't supposed to dive when you start yeah. a big wave, but yeah. unfortunately you can sometimes yeah. dive in pretty deep. <laughs> I did one of those. Um, I've actually done two of the PSI performance free diving courses um and the thing that i found to be most helpful about those courses and what i took away with me um i would say the, the most important lesson i took away from me is just how normal a lot of that quote-unquote drowning stuff feels like the, to, to kind of normalize coughing blood and just be like hey it's you're gonna heal in a couple days it's not a serious thing it's just your lungs yeah. respond in this way. Learning that your um, larynx closes when you pass out underwater. Did you know that? So you 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 pass out. You're unconscious, and your your larynx will close for another two or so minutes, minutes. before you take what's called your terminal inhale, and then your your body will like <gasps> like take that yeah. 
and you know it's it's kind of settling in a way to know oh all right like i can last a lot longer than i thought i could for and sure. and i would say that's the biggest thing too is when when that moment of discomfort happens yeah. of like oh i'd like to breathe now just realizing how far you are yeah that's what saved from me from there to the moment of passing out in puerto that's what exactly saved me that's the training in the pool when i knew that i felt this and i stayed like another like almost a minute when i felt uncomfortable so i knew that that's what played in my mind so that, and it's st- i stick to it I know that when you feel comfortable, you still have time because 30 seconds in the ocean with skis and safety is, is a lot. One minute is a lot, you know, but if you can, like, think that, well, you, I still have time, you're going to, like, just manage to have the most time you can, like, use and be able to maybe, you know, but it's all about mental, like, stuff. Like, did, you, did you do one of those uh, performance free diving classes? Never. Never. You just done your own stuff? No, yeah, I just trained with with uh, this guy, like, Dwayne from Australia who was, like, mental like um just swimmer and coach and uh he just had his own program and he runs it on the gold coast but he flew in bali and then we trained for like two weeks every day and yeah it was like swimming laps across the pool underwater yeah, and just like having different exercise like a large breathing like uh um just at the beginning of every class you'll just have a long uh how do you oh um warm up long warm up yeah and then you'll just do different type of exercise, like going underwater as long as you can without air, going like middle lung, full lung, going as long as you can, going in static and do laps, going underwater, doing washing machines, all the classic stuff. And uh, it was just amazing. I'd like to do that again for sure. It's I, so good. Yeah. yeah. It's the kind of thing you just have to do it every like a few years. Yeah. You know? I think so too. Yeah. Once every uh, every couple of years yeah. keeps that that muscle strong yeah uh, for a while I was doing pool workouts with Tyler Fox at the spot called In Shape and we would do laps underwater uh, and the it's such a peaceful feeling to be underwater swimming and then you just let yourself go as long as you can and then you swim again and try and such a good feeling it's such a like feeling of floating but also in a really uncomfortable state of mind because your body wants to breathe. Yeah. So to maintain that level of tranquility going across the pool, I remember being one of my favorite feelings. Yeah. And you would finish those workouts and go into the sauna and feel high. Yeah. Like we took opioids. (laughs) Yeah. He's just like really good feeling yeah it's like like it's, a like a Beatles song plays in my mind whenever I'm doing that yeah I mean I have like a song I'd music. like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade um do you have goals coming up for um how you clearly you do but like you got your systems your system down you feel good about your system and like how much you're surfing how much you're training the trips you're going on what you're picking you know um mm. you told me that you want to travel to some different spots coming yeah up. i want to have that first like first time ever this first few you know the first that first and uh to have that i think you never get that first like in a lot of things in life so but going to new places 
it's just the thing like I'm looking for, like surfing new big wave spot. You think you'll always live in Morocco? Oh, uh, I don't know. You know, like my girlfriend lives in Bali. She's from Australia. I spent a lot of time last year in Portugal. I really loved it. Um, there's like definitely big waves in Portugal. Nazareth is consistent. I love big waves. You go there a lot, huh? Yeah, I can see myself living there. Um, right by Nazareth. Yeah, whatever, you know, like there's so many like places, beautiful places close to there. And the roads are good in Portugal, so it's not like maybe not right there. But I just go with the flow. I don't have any like expectation of where I'm going to live or where I'm going to live is just my, not my question. It's like how I'm going to be able to make a living and keep that lifestyle going and just being happy. So for them, big wave surfing is like making me happy. My girlfriend is making me happy. Uh, training is making me happy when I know that I'm healthy. So I'm just looking to do those things that makes me feel good. So when I'm feel when I feel good, I'm clear minded, and then I can take better decisions. So it's just trying to just feel good and like maybe for sure I'll go to Puerto Escondido this year. I I really miss it. I'd like to serve big chops if it's possible. You know, like if it's like if I'm able to go on a paddle. big swell, yeah, paddle, toe, whatever, just big. Because <laughs> uh, like at certain point you cannot like paddle chop so chopo. Yeah. So when you cannot like paddle to Oppo, you just uh, you just have to tow. Fuck, that sounds hardcore. These guys are killing it. The new generation there is like next level. It's just great to see. So I just want to go give it a try this year. And uh, I'd love to go to Westos. That's been a dream of mine for years since like I'm maybe 16. I had this magazine when uh, all those like Euro Pro went like Timbal, Arit, Marlon Lipke. And I, had, I still have this magazine. I just want, always want to go there. And so, yeah, maybe like just focus on like, you know, you know that one thing I've noticed about uh, Western Australia's people from that part don't call it West Oz, they mm. call it WA. Yeah, mm. it's like people from who aren't from California call it Cali, mm. but everyone who lives in California calls it California. Yeah, oh, I just call it whatever. <laughs> you know, it's Australia. Like, you know, like, I love Australians. I love, or I have a lot of friends from there. But, you know, they, they, they speak like they cut the word. So I don't think they'll be, like, you know, off it. You know, off it. Yeah. If they, <laughs> if you could Westos or WA, mate. And, uh, but for Tahiti, for example, this is Teahupo. Teahupo, yeah. Not Chops. Yeah. You know? Or and even that's Chopo. Yeah, Chopo. 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 Yeah. Let's, let's, Chopo. Yeah. So that's more like because. That place has this name and it's like cultural. That's the way to pronounce it. When Western Australia, it's you know, WA, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's not. It's just not Chopu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now people get pissed. Yeah, it's disrespectful. Yep. I'm all for that. I think that trying to pronounce places the way that they yeah for sure they pronounce it themselves is a worthy effort. Yeah. I want to learn some new languages, man. I'm putting that on my list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to become fluent in French and Spanish. Mm. If I could do that, I'd be stoked. Yeah. It's embarrassing being here and having everyone else speak four languages. <laughs> Pretty much everyone speaks four languages. Mm. At least two. At least two. Most times three yeah. or four. French, English, Arabic, Arabic, French, English. Yeah. Spanish. 
Yeah, a lot of you know these countries are so close by. Right. When you're in America, it's like you know we're far away. We're far from other country. Everybody speaks um, English, but California is close to Mexico, so you can speak some Spanish. Yep. By just traveling, we, should, we really should. Yeah. No, <laughs> but no, no you but, can be there. But just, most Californians don't speak Spanish. Yeah. But I mean, the thing or, is I, mean or I, I don't actually know. Most most white Californians, I would imagine, do, are not fluent or close to fluent in Spanish like you guys are in French, Arabic, yeah, English, Spanish. Yeah, because you were so close in the history, too, and we were so close to those countries. So, you know, there's people all the time that are coming. How do you learn those languages? I went to a French school here. I learned Arabic, too, in there, and uh, uh, English, just traveling. I was doing English at school, but you don't really learn a lot of stuff. Like, uh, to be honest, I just learned it uh, traveling and, like, reading in English, putting my iPhone in English and, like, my uh, reading surf magazines and... I'm a, I should... That would be a cool language learning... Uh, language language learning hack to put my phone in Arabic for the trip. That'd be no, smart. No, no. Don't do no, it. No. Well, that'd be sketchy. Oh, because I wouldn't know the alphabet. Yeah, and you wouldn't know how to go back. I just tried that Chinese, bro. It's gone. You may as well throw it away. Fuck. I got to throw my phone away. It's in the Chinese alphabet now. I can't get it back. That's funny. Uh, that's very funny. You like surfing Nazare? Yes, I really enjoy it. You do it. You you do. You dig it. I, I can't. I don't see it, man. It's like a. It's like someone who like, a bunch of guys are like. It's like a girl who a lot of guys are like, dude, she's so hot. Oh, man, she's she's like, I love it so much. When you're like, I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, that's how you see Nazare. That's how I see Nazare. Yeah. Oh, uh, I see it like, it's um just big wave. Big left, big the lefts left. are good. Uh, there's some rights, huh? don't get me wrong, but the lefts are better. And it's consistent, and it's a big wave, and there's barrels sometimes. And if What's you want to just surf paddle and surf big waves, just go there and like... You get a lot of opportunities. Yeah, exactly. You want to surf big wave, there's a big wave there. So that's a big wave. Uh, I for sure love uh, big barrels. I definitely love a big Puerto A-frame. I love beach bags. So Nazare is like a, a bit in between, like I'll say. You'll have like like Ravier or Super Tubos, then you'll have uh, Puerto in between, you have Nazare. But Nazare is like Puerto, just, it just go extra big. But some sometimes it's just like big A-frame barrels, just like big, like 15 beautiful, 15 foot beautiful days. And it's always working. And then, like, this today was, like, pumping. Tomorrow is going to be pumping barrels. Next week is going to be pumping small and perfect barrels. You can surf all winter. So much way. swell goes in there. Yeah. So, so much. That's so insane. So it's just, like, whoa. Like, there's big wave. You're from Europe. You want to surf big wave. That's the spot. You want to learn. You want to try your boards. You go there. You spend some time. Then you go to Mavericks. It's a point. You go to Joe's. It's a point. And you've seen, like, you've been dodging 25 like foot wedges, so you're just like, whoa! Maybe it can make me. How make are the wipeouts there? Because it's not as top. It's not as top to bottom of a wave. That's what depends. I don't see of it. Like, what? How would you compare a drop 
at Maver- at how would you compare a drop at Nazare to a drop at Mavericks on a similar sized wave? Um, like let's say like I don't know, thirty foot faced wave dropping in at Nazare versus thirty foot faced wave at Mavericks. What's the experience like? What's the mm, what's the difference in experience? I think at fifteen foot, like every wave that Mavs just like whoa, you know. If it's west, if there's a let's call it thirty foot face. We're I'm I'm okay. using, I'm, I'm I'm marking the fr- I'm doing the front of yeah. the wave because we're gonna confuse people if you're talking about fifteen foot surf and I'm talking about thirty foot surf, but you're measuring the back of the wave for some reason, for some reason. Why do we me- why why do we measure the back of the wave? I just saw a wave that had twenty foot and people call it ten foot the whole time. I'm hanging out with people. Why? So I don't know. I just <laughs> just like so I can speak this. How, we we need to try and explain this to yeah, but a non surfer. Don't get me on that because me I just follow the flow. You follow the flow because I don't like both. I just want big wave. If I feel the wave big, if it's fifteen foot, well, I, I say twenty. Me I talk faces. I'll tell you. Right. I, I well, it's a, it's a Hawaiian thing. Yeah. Surfing originated in Hawaii. The Peruvians will argue that it, it was there earlier, but most people believe that it started in Hawaii. Yep. Uh, Hawaii, Hawaii, that's yep. right, Chopo, Hawaii, yeah, it's the same. right, Hawaii. and they measure waves from the back, yep. and I don't think that it's disrespectful it to to ask why, right, because um, we're surfing the front of the wave, anyway, sure, and Chopo is like one foot from behind, so <laughs> yeah, but Chopo it's a, is a, like, but it's a 20 foot faced wave, yeah, so, yeah, let's say Mavs 30 foot, Nazare 30 foot, it's pretty top to bottom, man. If you get the wedge, just left one at Nazare, it's pretty like hollow and like, whoa. You're just taking a nosedive. But when Mavs is just too like crazy, it's just, I feel like every big wave is steep. When you paddle a big wave, yeah. it's always steep. Yeah. Um, What you know with the Mavs is that if you make the drop and the bottom turn, you can have a chance to really make it to the channel. When in Nazareth, you have a lot of movement too, so so it's it's different. I can't I can't really compare. It's like you know, like it's it's like comparing two girls. You cannot compare to humans. Mm. Every human, no, not two girls, just just two humans in general, like brothers, twin brothers, same parents, same education, born the same day, totally different. You know, so it's just a, it's just they all have their own like you know charm. I'll say. The own, really. Your own energy. Oh, yeah. A lot of energy, both. That's cool. That's yeah. great perspective. Yeah. Just yeah, comparing people it really doesn't work either. And comparing yourself to people. Like, I can see guys my age, 27, two kids, you know. Me, I'm like 27, like, just have a girlfriend now, but... You don't compare yourself to other people? Never. Really? No. No, because everybody, you know, like have the, you see guys that are stu- studying their whole life and you have guys that are doing another, they study something com- completely different and they ended up doing the same thing, you know. And then you can see like yourself, so there's no good right way, there's just your way. And if you know the good and the bad, then you don't do the, the bad and you do the good. But then this, everything go- comes to who knows how to wait and just like life has you know opportunities for everyone and just comparing yourself slow you down to every to someone else slow you down you're not the same you know you don't born the, with the same idea you don't born feeling the same you like so you cannot compare yourself to anyone in the, in this world to me yeah 
you, there's a quote that says, uh, you can get inspired by people. Yeah. Yeah. There's the quote is comparison is the root of all suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. I think that, yeah. Don't compare yourself. Like even you go to the gym with your friend, you do the same exercise for one year. You look at your body, you have big legs, small arms, he has big arms, small legs. Like, bro, you've done the same workout, you've been eating the same. Where'd you, learn, you, where'd you learn that? Um, from my mom as a young age. She, when I was coming back from school, I was like, how was the test? I was like, yeah, I got like a 14 point out of 20. She's like, oh, that's good. Like, yeah, even the best of the class only got 15. She's like, I don't care about the best. I just care about you. Like, don't compare yourself. You're not him. Maybe he worked more than you. Maybe he worked less. Maybe that mathematics is easier for him. Or just It's just you. Since I'm a kid, never compare. So that's how I got it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you compare yourself um, and your sense of self-worth is wrapped up in that comparison, uh, it can make you feel um, unworthy. Yeah, for sure. And that's a shitty feeling, I guess. <laughs> so I hear feeling unworthy <laughs> is a shitty feeling. <laughs> I've yeah. never experienced it. I'm sure yeah. no one listening has ever experienced <laughs> feeling unworthy. <laughs> I hope not, because you're worth something, people, if you listen to that. Like, everybody has something to give, like, and you're here for a reason. So just, yeah, don't think you're unworthy. That's, that's, that's fucked up. No. Yeah. Don't think too hard on what that reason is. Just well, yeah. get out there and start doing stuff. Yeah. Do stuff that gives you energy and makes you stoked. Yeah. Makes you feel like you. For sure. What's the best wave you've ever caught at Mavericks? Mm, the best wave I ever caught at Mavericks. I caught one, uh, my first session there, 40, 20 December 2014, when um, I airdropped. Dude, you remember these days. Yeah. That like was they're my first on the mass. back of your... Hand, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like this because, yeah, like, Puerto was third, fourth, fifth, May 2015. Days like that, you know, just 13th of May, Chopo, 2013. Like, just these days, you know, I remember because I had a stamp on my passport and that was, like, you know, the historical days. Yeah. Surfing and somewhat me so yeah that I, I i not to not to cut you off but i agree those are days that i remember um and there are i i saw i forget those dates but i see why people do remember them because those are the days that i will remember for the rest of my life yeah, exactly 100 percent. So, i will remember a few of those mouths days for the rest of my life and the people that were there and the things that were said and the waves that were caught and the waves that weren't caught and the beers that were drinking back in the OPL. Exactly. You'll be like, oh yeah, that's well at Mavericks when you got a red board and you were that this and this, you know? So it's not me remembering the date, but you remember the day and you know, that's the most important thing. It's the shit. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Cause the, we don't have to the live best that. days. It's, I don't days. know. Uh, like Just the, expect the, the excitation of flying or getting your board, big boards ready and all this stuff around and then get to surf it and come home safe and, you know, like having, enjoying another day. It's just like what we really live for. So that's why we're going to remember. Yeah. I don't if, if you have a child, you remember the day he was born probably for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, so that, uh, like that's when for us, like at that 
for me and for you, I, I guess, too, this is what matter. These days are what matter. Like, I don't care about, like, like, like weddings and birthday. Yeah. Well, you can't compare it. I'm sure those are important and beautiful in another way. Where they don't make me happy. I don't mind. What makes me happy? You want me to have you at your birthday party grumpy because I'm not at Mavs and <laughs> checking my phone and the Surfline cam? Or you want me to come after and say, happy birthday, bro, and have a beer with you like later on? And, exactly. You know, like, no, like that. I know what makes me happy. And, and you I, need to be selfish yeah, and protect for, that. Yeah. Yeah. You need to protect what makes you happy. Because what makes you happy and then you got the best uh, of you. So you're going to give the best to at the same time. So you got to be selfish to be able to give, you know, Always, you gotta love yourself to love people. Please uh, put the air mask over yourself before you try and put it on others. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, to go so, to Mavs, my right. favorite one. Wait, well, I actually want you to tell. So, so my first you, Mavs you, you experience. You said this is your first Mavs experience. Yeah. Because you told me this yesterday, and you're yeah. like, "Hey, ask me about my first Mavs experience <laughs> on the podcast." Oh, fuck that! People will be like, "Oh, this guy just want to give his stories." No, no, no. It's just. It, I mean, and- <laughs> no, but it's not like a I'm a hero Mavs story. Like yeah. it's no, no, it's like all. cluelessness and so, lo- luck and yeah. just it's a it's a so cool I'm like, story. I'm like surfing anchor point. It's like two foot and I come out and then I had a surf line like a, a premium and I just said all the stuff so they send me mail when there's an alert when you have like a spot that you like at a certain size and I just uh, I, I was just uh, I got out of the water and I saw the swell so then I went to my dad and I was like hey dad like uh, with my new sponsor Paradise Plage the, this hotel that's supposed to me when I was like here in 2014 it started Okay, send me to Mavericks, but like how I can get like dollars and stuff, stuff changed because I want to go. He's like, Well, Mavericks, because everybody knows Mavericks. Like, what? I'm like, Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all set. I'll have a board there. Greg Long told me it's okay, he'll have a board for me and the vest. He's like, Okay, if you have the vest, like, sure. I'm like, Yeah, he's gonna bring me one. Greg told me that he'll try to get me one, but I told my dad, like, he got it. So I'm flying from Agadir Cas- to Casablanca, and then there's no flight to San Francisco unless I go from Casa to Dubai. So I did Casa Dubai and then Dubai, San Francisco. I got to San Francisco, rented a car, met Greg at the Oceano Beach Hotel, gave me the vest, Patagonia, and a board. And he's like, okay, you need anything else? The canisters too. And I'm like, no, I'm all good. Thank you, Greg. Went to my hotel room, tried to find dinner with them. He told me to come have dinner with them. Couldn't find the hotel. And uh, I didn't want to text him to ask him, you know, like, where is it? Because then I just said, oh, I didn't find it. Oh, good, good night. I had dinner by myself in a little like uh, hotel there. Woke up 5 a.m., put the hole in my suit for the first time with my Patagonia vest, that thing. Like I've read it about. I watch all the video. I read the whole instruction stuff. Like, And I'm like, oh, let's have some breakfast now. So I've been trying my 543 for one hour in the morning. Came out of the room. And I saw Shane Dorian with two boys, wetsuit on. They were ready to go to the harbor, get the boat and surf. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so late. So no breakfast for me. I'm just going to grab something at the gas station and just try to find the parking lot. And I saw those guys leaving, so I followed them, and I saw them getting on the boat. And I was like, yeah, so you got a night's sleep before? Yeah. You got, and you but I woke up at like 3 a.m. Yeah, woke up at 3 a.m. Because you're on a different time schedule. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, let's sleep one one more hour. Woke up at 4. Didn't really have some sleep, but I slept on the plane. So I felt I was feeling really good and excited. So I went 543, booties on, hoods, like my board in the rental car, get some water and some nuts before 
trying to find a parking lot and I couldn't find a parking lot for an hour. So I'm sweating balls in the car with my 543, the Patagonia Pada thing, the inflatable booties on. And I went back to the Oceano Beach Hotel and I find like Cole Christensen, Daniel and Daniel Russo. I came out of my car like sweating. they never seen me before. <laughs> Music's full on because that's like how I like Chile. Like before Big Wave Station, I just put the music like really uh, high on in the car, like the volume on. And uh, I'm like, hey guys, you don't know me, but I know who you are. Where the fuck is Mavericks? I'm here to serve that down wave. I flew from Morocco and I can't find the damn parking lot. And so Danilo explained me, but I couldn't really still get it. I was like, oh, damn. It's like, kind of complicated because from the Oceana Hotel, yeah. there's it looks like you're going towards the harbor, but then it, you have to take a left and then a right and then another left and then another right, and that, that leads you into the parking lot. And then yeah. you need to walk for a, a little while longer along this kind of strange beach where the harbor's on your left, and then exactly. you finally find the beach. It's not straightforward. Yeah, so then couldn't find it still. So I just saw some guys changing and I just put my, 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 my car, parked my car and I saw like Nick Vaughn like walking with his rusty like bright yellow. Like, oh, that's him. Like, let's go. I'm just going to go. And I'll just paddle and walk into the mud. It's like mud and mushy and like duck <laughs> yeah. everywhere. And I'm just like walking in that. And I, I, so I yeah, walked straight. Yeah, it's the mud from a harbor. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a nice beach. It's like no, picture it's, your local harbor at low tide. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you're walking Yuck. through. Yeah, it's gross. And then I got there and they're like, where have you been? I'm like, oh, bro, look at me. Like, fuck, I was all full of mud and like, I'm tripping. Like, I couldn't find a parking lot. I missed the session. It was 7.30 or like 8. No, it was like 8.30. I was like, oh, I missed the session. La, la. You know, like, they're like, bro, it's only 8.30. For me, I didn't know. Maybe the, the wind will turn. Or and I flew. It was my first man, my first paid trip, and I was, I'm gonna start like, pretty much start my career off it. And uh, and I paddled out, got pounded in the shore break. I got there. You paddle out by yourself? Yeah, because like they paddle out and they just show me where to paddle out. And I got there and then um, around the right. Yeah. Okay. Mushroom rock. Yep. Around that. And uh, first thing I saw was Sean Dollar two wave hold down. Boom! I was like, oh fuck no. Then I got some waves. Then at the how end, you, of, how did you know he had a two-way fold down? Someone yeah. just said that. No, I looked at it. I was checking the guys how how fast they popped out. You know, my first mouse. I was like, how, how is this wave? <laughs> Let's see if they spend some time on the water. <laughs> first thing in the channel, you see, <laughs> yeah, dollar get a two-way fold down. Yeah, I was not. I was like, oh my god, and the wave didn't look that big. It was a little high tide, and you know how how those days are, and it wasn't a giant one. And I was like, okay, so let's think. Two-way hold down. Not the giant one. Okay, high tide. I thought, like, oh, it's probably high tide and the wave is not, like, in really in good shape. So I waited a bit. Then I got some waves and I had a really nice one. And Cole was on the ski and was like, ah, oh, you fucking finally found that wave, huh? That Maverick spot you were looking for, kid. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah. And I had a, one last wave, came out, and then Tom Lowe and Rusty were like, bro, like, Fuck, just come in, man. You've been surfing from like 8.39 to like 4 p.m. nonstop, no boat, like catching 10, 15 <laughs> waves. How are your waves? Oh, like, yeah. Like now I look at them, I'm like, yeah, they were yeah. good ones. Some, yeah. some of them. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. And I really love the the plates and the OPL bar where everyone goes after the session and how easy it is to get to San Fran and drive there and uh, even to LA and drive there. So I've done it all and I just love the place, you know. San Francisco's 
a beautiful city. Yeah, and then I went to Alcatraz June during like a swell when we had like a wave, like or there with no wave. I went to Alcatraz and visit San Francisco and we got our car break. Yeah, with Seth. Yeah, with Seth. It's so funny, I did a podcast with uh Nick Von Rupp yeah. and, and Seth oh my God. A, a ways back. Yeah. And it was right after they'd uh had their their uh their their, their their yeah, your uh car broken into all of, all of Seth's camera gear stolen and then got hit by a car 15 minutes later and and he was telling me that story on the podcast and I was uh, I was kind of stoned so I was heckling him I was like come on that was like not bad at all and I got like hate messages from Instagram from people being like hey bro you should really respect Seth's story like it seemed like he was going through a real hard time and you were mocking him so I just wanted to say that wasn't cool on the last podcast, man. <laughs> it's like this fucking epic. So, oh, people who listen are so sensitive. Yeah, but then said uh, he held it re- really he, well. He held it well. That's so good. for me, the things that I knew, I was that was another day at Mavs. I went to Joe's, got there, uh, Air France lost my board bag, arrived in Maui with no ma- no no board no wetsuit. For Mavericks, when you lend me a wetsuit after. Yeah. Surf Joyce for two days, flew to Mavs, called you. You're like, oh, if you need anything, let me know. I'm like, Kyle, I really need something now. I have no wetsuit. Bianca Valenti lent me a board. You lend me a wetsuit. I'm there. I surfed Mavs. Pretty good paddle board. Your wetsuit was sick. I felt good. I was like, all right, cool. I'm borrowed stuff. I felt good. And then at night, everybody wanted to go back to LA. They all flew back, like everyone. And then... Uh, Why uh, they want to go to LA? Oh, like Nick and Russell, because oh, right. their flights were, were from there. Oh, Nick. so that was, this was right before you and I surfed again, yeah, again that big, that on massive like the, day. the biggest waves so that, I've ever seen. Dad. Then I'm having a beer, and then like uh, Grant Washburn, the legend, yep. Grant, yeah, he came to me and he's like, hey, are you leaving? I'm like, I don't know. I still have some days in Cali. He's like, stay. There will be an, a window. On Thursday morning, because that was a, a Tuesday night. It was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. We got our car sold in Alcatraz and like, and the Thursday morning is like, there's a window. The wind will, will be okay in the morning. It's going to be giant, so stay. And I'm like, whoa, this guy told me to stay. Like, that's a sick call. Thanks, bro. Like, I, I was like, whoa, you know what? Like, I, I'm going to take that. That's a sign. I was like, Russell, Nick, trust me, we staying. So you're with Russell Birke and yeah, Nick Van Rupp and Grant Washburn, for people who don't know, has surfed Mavericks for significantly ev- more times than anyone else. So imagine if this person who's seen me since 2014, coming there. So he sees everything, I think. And he came and told me to He's stay. He's out there all the time all and the time. has been out there all the time since... Forever. Like, the, <laughs> I'm just guessing here, but like the mid-90s probably. Maybe yeah. before. And he's a really nice person. I really like... Yeah. Big dude. And, and he, he still, gets, still gets bombs. He gets bombs, you know? So yeah, that's I respect him a lot. In, he sits inside deep yep. on the bowl. Yep. On like kind of shorter boards too, like shorter, thicker shorter, boards. Shorter, thicker board, exactly. So the guy and takes like, off under the lip. Def- and yeah, yeah, has it kind of like a Greg gym. Long approach? Can you know, like at, you know, Greg Long always love, love under the lip too. He's yeah. nuts at Mavs. He does it, huh? Yeah. All the time. He's like steep. And Grant sometimes too, like you super know, steep. So, yeah. So having this guy t- telling me this, I'm going to Russell and Nick. I'm like, hey guys, I don't know about you, but trust me, we're staying the forecast. So I just told them what he told me. Like, yeah, it's going to be like this and that and this. And like, really? I'm like, bro, you know who I got the info from? 
So Grant told me this, like, all right, I'm like, trust me, Nick. Russell, you trust me. And then on Friday night, we go send it in LA. That's Luke Davis' birthday party. So we're just like, I have the perfect thing. Let's catch the biggest way for our life and have a party in LA and just like go to Portugal, go Morocco and go to us, you know, boys. So then they're like, okay, we went to Alcatraz, that stuff happened with Seth, and at night I called you and we had the same boat because, you know, remember, we just stick on the same boat all together, yeah. which is pretty cool with Bradley Norris and like um, Mick Corbs and Timbo Knighton and Tyler and you. No, Tyler wasn't there. Tyler you wasn't were there. there. Yeah. So it was a good, pretty fun boat. And yeah, I just like felt good that day too. I paddled up and I had a really nice wave, one of the best waves of my life for sure. Yeah, that was the biggest uh, Mavericks and biggest waves I've ever seen. And I, I was drove up by myself. So you saw how big it was. That was from, that was the thing, too. Is, is so you knew. Tyler had something going on. I, I normally go up to Mavericks with Tyler Fox, yeah. and he had something going on and couldn't make it. So I drove up solo that early that morning, and I just surfed it two days before. So I was like, fuck, do I really want to go surf it again? It's going to be like twice the size and I'm kind of tired and and I remember being like oh fuck no this is, this could be crazy and you actually were the person that was like really psyching me up yeah. you're like dude let's get on this boat and let's do this I'm like okay cool I can organize making yeah. that happen again and uh, and we saw who Carlos and Trumbo too so they yeah. were on it and yeah, I love I, that and Pete and John yeah, Pete, Mel, and John just were out few. there. Just a few guys. It was so Pete, 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 Mel, John, uh, Lucas, ben Andrews. Lucas Chumbo, Ben Andrews, Carlos, uh, Carlos yeah, you, Rouse, Nick. Yeah. Uh, sorry if I forgot someone. I'm so. I'm oh, sure there Ian were. Yeah, Wallace was on his stand-up paddle in the channel. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, no, so so we we went out in that boat, and I had never seen lines that big, bro, that deep into the go, channel. We had to go so far out. Do you remember? We that had was... to go so far out into the ocean to yeah. make sure that one of these massive, Not, like don't cap, like perfect storm waves wouldn't just like cap and flip our whole boat. Yeah, <laughs> and I was, and do you know what the crazy <laughs> shit is? Lose <laughs> that day. <laughs> Oh. Well, you, so you know sick. what Grant Washburn said too is that the whole channel at Mavericks can close out. Yeah, he said he was like he was like yeah you know I, I was like yeah dude like what it was because I told, <laughs> talked to him after I was like dude yeah. it was fucking heavy there was a boat on the on like just a little bit to the inside of us Who and it flipped. got hit by I, one of these super wide I, like fucking that like, scared Pete like, that's the one that scared Pete was like I'm out like that's. You know, the security level was yeah. all up there. Yeah, he's like, fuck that. Pete was paddling out there so, so far, far out, <laughs> so far out beyond the bowl. Yeah. And there's that photo of him going over one oh, of those waves. Like a tsunami looking little it's foam. Like tsunami. It looks yeah. like he's paddling over a, like a fake wave. Like yeah, it fake. looks like superimposed. It's so yeah. big. And uh, so I remember being on that boat and like, yeah, was. I was pretty scared for the whole time being out there that we were gonna get that we were gonna get hit by a fucking sixty foot wave like a super wide one that just closed out the channel and for sure. So I was tripping too because I wasn't in my wetsuit. You guys are in your suits, and the south wind was supposed to come out, so it was gonna be a real short window that we were gonna get to surf if at all. And I looked at it and I saw a few of those waves and. Russell and you and Nick were like, dude, we traveled halfway around the world. We're going to do this. 
100%. And me, I felt seasick. And you felt seasick. So I told them, oh, go paddle out, paddle out, boys, I'm going to come. So I yeah. waited for all of them to paddle out. Yeah. And when I had the boat for m- to myself, I just took out the, a borrowed board yeah. that I borrowed to Luca. It was so sketchy because it was breaking so far outside the bowl. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yep. That um, the biggest wave could, could could just break another hundred yards out beyond what you where you think it's gonna break. I was like tripping because the the wave at Mavs is so great because when it's on the reef it breaks in more or less the same spot every yeah. time. But when it's way outside the bowl and on a day like that when I had never so seen rare. anything like that, I was like, where's is there gonna be some like new reef that? And it there is actually like there's a it, like it would break way outside and, and then, then kind of back off and then re-break again. Re-break on the second reef. And 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 Pete Mel had to take one of those things on the head, but he kind of, I think he took it on the head before it hit its most powerful point and actually unloaded on the bull. But then you paddled out and I kept watching it um, and was just going back and forth, but mostly back uh, on my desire to paddle out. And then I saw that boat get flipped. Yeah. And and yard sale. Everyone, the boat capsized, got hit by the side of a wave. Tried to Cap- ride it, remember? He tried to ride the wave. Who did? The guy on the boat. Yeah, he tried to, yeah. He tried to ride the white water and then boom, he flipped. Right, it like hit him at the end. Yeah, at the end. Was he just being an idiot and like? No, I think he was just that set. Remember that the set. He was that, like trying to get away from yeah, it. Yeah, that's the set that no one like was. We were like, what? Is that that's it said that cap, and and it, then, and it came so far fall, wide. Yeah. So wha- he so he flipped around. He was basically trying to get ahead yeah. of out ahead of and the, the wave. And the wire was going so fast. You remember how fast they were moving the waves that yeah. day? Yeah. The faster I ever seen there. Yeah. And in a lot of like other like. And the second the the white water hit him, he just boom, he was gone. But and that dude was in clothes. I think yeah. it was a couple people, but that uh, the guy I remember he was in clothes. Um, Kurt or, or Frank or one of the power lines guys picked him up uh, and then put him on our boat. And he was in like a little bit of shock. He was so psyched. Yeah. He he was yeah he was like he was. dude I'm fine I'm good I'm stoked, stoked bro I'm yeah. I'm like just stoked to be here you know and I'm like, yeah yeah you, yeah, you know. yeah I remember oh, dude don't worry about the boat don't worry about the boat and we're like dude are you okay that you. You seem a little yeah. out of it. Out of it, and then we gave him some some clothes because he was all like he was shivering, shivering. You remember? Really, yeah, yeah. Was <laughs> I was like, cold. dude, you're not do, you're, you're not doing too good. Like I'm, I'm like he's a good person, like uh, he's a, for sure, like but he was just not doing well. He was, just, and we could see he was high from yeah. the adrenaline. Yeah, because he never he never thought this morning going out. From I'm gonna He was too unconcerned about his boat. boat. He was like, oh, don't worry about the boat. It's okay. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about the boat. And then Harbor Patrol came out and he was like, and the Harbor Patrol was like, who owns the boat? And he's like, that's me. Like, it was so heavy. And he starts telling the story. And the Harbor Patrol's like, well, you need to come with us now to go get your boat, boat because it's because trashing it's, the ocean too. It's capsized and on the rocks in the at the jetty like your boat's ruined that's that's no small deal yeah anyway then uh yeah you paddled out and uh you caught a bomb right on the bull and uh then got just exploded upon yeah that was sick 
and then they went to grab it. Even Luca, that was Luca and Carlos' boat, so they went to grab like they helped him, and yeah, they just had to clean. You can't leave it like that there. Yeah, you can't just. But leave I think the boat I didn't realize he just like was like he was just so stoked. I think to be alive, mm-hmm. he just thought <laughs> he was coming. Yeah, yeah, that just like me after that wipe out same day. Same same day. How did it feel after that? So coming like in? I was, I felt good that that day. I had this feeling when I woke up in the morning. I felt good. I was like, yes, one of those days. I was like stoked. And then I, I say that to Seth again. I was like, thanks, Seth, because he's what happened to him. He didn't put it on none of us. So he just really let the good energy like roll, and he didn't. Yeah, because Seth, Seth got thousands of dollars of yeah. camera equipment stolen the day before, and yeah. he was still able to be good vibes. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I was just um, saying, oh, fuck, sorry. It's okay. No, we're good. I know uh, that you I, need I, to go I, pick up your mom, too. No, 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 it's all good. Like, they're going to be so, like, delayed the flight. She just Oh, she did. Me. That's why I was like, okay. I just read the Okay. Place. You're going to go pick yeah. up your mom from the airport after this, though. But well, we've been going for an hour and a half, so we should, we should yeah, wrap up pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just felt good. And just that day, from the best way of my life to the biggest way of my life, on a big day, and I just handled it again. So in my, in my head, I was just like, Yes, I'm. Uh, you handled it. Did you I get? Did it. you get really worked on that wave? Yeah, I think so. It's just all blurry. It yeah. just it was just like every time I'm like I'm having a big wave like that. I'm just okay. I just need to, 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 do whatever I have to do. It's like when I, before a big exam, when you have this big blank page in front of your head. I just think, okay, in two hours it's gonna be filled with words. Let's start this, and I let go. You know. Or when I see a big swell too on, in terms of organization, I'm just like, okay, in three days during this big swell, I'm just going to like focus, do everything I need to do, no sleep, nothing, and in three days I'm going to be fine after we surfed, you know? So I just feel like, okay, it's a wipe out, boom, I have to do, I pull my vest, I get up, I t- get the rescue, get on the boat, boom. So I don't really remember what happened. Yeah, it's all, no, it's all a blur. And the story that you told earlier about your Puerto yeah. uh, wipeout was very detailed. Yeah. And brought back a lot of memories that I've forgotten about wipeouts that I've had because yeah. they all blur together until you start describing a few of those feelings. Um, that was really cool, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, the big wave surfing community is uh, richer with you, hot man, <laughs> in the picture. So I'm, I'm happy to know you and stoked that you make the trip all the way over to Mavericks uh, and and bring such good vibes wherever you go, man. It Thank really you. It really shows. And, uh, <laughs> you know, not everyone would just walk up to Cole Christensen and be like, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. Where the fuck is Mavericks? <laughs> yeah. I was so... I was you should get t-shirts that say, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. Where the fuck is Mavericks? <laughs> Where the fuck is the big waves? <laughs> <laughs> That's a sick shirt. Yeah, That'd be a sick sure. shirt. For sure. But where the fuck are the big waves? For sure. Yeah. Where the fuck? They're everywhere. By the way, like fuck cold. Like But where the fuck are the big waves? Hot man's clothing line coming out twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Nah. You know the thing about minimalist being minimalist? Just uh, having being a minimalist, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to. You want to be a minimalist? I watched that movie on Netflix, that documentary about it, and it didn't make me. I just watch it, minimalism, and enjoy it, yeah, Minim- minimalism, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I know those guys. What every morning the, I wake yeah. up and I'm like, 
oh, that thing's so sick. It just hit me a day after my brain worked. I was like, I went to my kitchen. I was like, oh, we don't need, imagine if I just had everything I really love, but the best of everything. So I'll need just surfboards and wetsuit. And I'm being minimalistic in some of ways. Just my clothes. I have like more clothes than I should because there's a lot of that I don't wear. But that's it, huh? And then I need my computer, so I have a computer. And I'm just, you know, like, really, like, you don't see I have not much stuff. I have, like, this, like, Bose because I like music. And I still have using my parents' car, so. <laughs> yeah, look at everything you own and ask yourself if it brings you joy. Exactly. If it brings you joy, keep it. If it yeah. doesn't, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Yeah, because that shit just weighs you down. Yeah, brother. Takes up time. Hot man, where can people get in touch with you, my friend? Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, where can people get in touch with you? Instagram. What's your Instagram? At Otoshuf. O T H O C H O U F. That's the best way to follow your adventures. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, I need to work on the vlog. Work on that vlog. Vlogging is my new thing. Vlogging and abs. Working yeah. on both of them. <laughs> Later on, brother. Thank yes. you very much. Cheers, my man. That's our show. I'm going to play you out with a pretty hardcore punk song by one of our listeners, Phil Griffin. This is a song called Hedonic Treadmill by Bull Market. And I will link to their band page in the show notes. If any of you have music that you want me to play, email it to info at kyle.surf. If you want to send a voice memo, email to info at kyle.surf. And if you're feeling generous, if you're feeling kind, if you love this podcast as much as I do, please consider donating on Patreon. It is a great way to support me to continue this show and continue to get better and better guests for you so if you get value out of it please click the link below and donate on patreon hope you all have a great day once again i now do a weekly newsletter so head over to kyle.surf check that out swag is up on the motherfuckerawards.com and have an awesome day guys go travel the world meet new people, learn new languages, and do new things because life is short and no one knows how much time of it we have. So get out and go do it now. Love you guys. See ya.
lights out Get the vapor Lights out Get the vapor 